You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 279. Today, you'll get to hear how a real seven-figure digital CEO actually thinks about business. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 3 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. You are in for a treat. We got a really special one. I'm so excited. By the way, can you tell my voice? I'm losing it. Ah, I don't know what it is. I got a little sick last week. I feel great right now. I got a little sick. I've been doing a lot of talking. A lot of talking, a lot of, lot of interviews, Facebook Lives. We're doing a lot of training videos that we just redid for Business by Design. I'm sick of hearing my voice. <laughs> I don't know about you. So it's nice that it's changing a little bit. It sounds a little different. <laughs> oh, man. Listen to that. Woo! Anyway. All right. So today, you're going to hear from a very special person. This person's very special to me because they were someone who took a chance on me four years ago. In fact, it was four years ago that I took a chance on myself when I sent an email out to my list saying I'm starting a mastermind. And uh, I had no idea what would happen. Who would have known all these amazing people would have joined and staying in for years? But the first application that came in was from a woman who, under, uh, on the application, first it says name, and then it says website. And the website said deepspacesparkle.com. And I was like... I don't know who this is or what they do, but I got to get to know them because that's just awesome. Now, her name, for those who don't know her, is Patty Palmer. Now, Patty at the time had just retired from uh, being an art teacher. That was her career. And she retired because she kind of built up this business on the side, which you're going to hear her entire story. And she applied to join my mastermind. And at the time, she was had just hit six figures in, in her business and was ready to really like take this up a whole notch. Today, she's taken it to, and just in four years, by the way, to a uh, multiple seven-figure online business. And the episode you're going to hear today is really the internal journey and evolution that an art teacher had to go through in order to create what it is that she's created. And about a year ago, she sent me a text that I save because it just meant so much to me. She said, James, your words have finally impacted me into action. I hardly worked at all last month. We had our biggest enrollment period, better retention, new programs, and I'm watching from the sidelines. Who knew this was even possible? You did. My gratitude for you just keeps growing. Now, why this is a very special episode to me is that I've always admired Patty's approach to business. You know, we have 270 something episodes where James talks a lot about the inside out approach. I'm talking a lot about mindset. You know, you hear that word tossed around beliefs, emotions. It's like how you show up. 
And I've told this to Patty for years, that if I could bottle the essence of who you are, I'd, I'd give it to every entrepreneur out there on the planet, anyone who's in any stage of business, because she's an individual that she wasn't techie, still isn't techie, you know, doesn't have a marketing and sales background, doesn't really, you know, master funnels or funnel hacking or anything like that. And when most people see the tech and see all that stuff, they get overwhelmed, they freak out and they just throw their arms up and give up. And Patty's just always had this cool, calm, collected attitude about her. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't worry unnecessarily. And I don't think that that's just coincidence. In other words, I believe there is an absolute direct correlation with her internal state and her inner world and the results that she's achieved on the outside. And I really wish I could bottle that essence of Patty. And I'd have you guys drink it every morning before breakfast. <laughs> a little a little dose of awesomeness every morning with breakfast. But I got the next best thing. And that's an hour with Patty herself. So you can really get a sense of who she is, what she's accomplished, how she's done it, and how she's grown, how she's evolved. I, this was just like such a great episode because uh, it was like it was like four years in the making, you know. So I'm really happy to have her on. I'm really excited for you to listen and to share your feedback with both her and I. We're gonna link up her her Instagram account in the show notes. It's at Deep Space Sparkle, a name you'll you'll just never forget. It's a great story behind. It's a Crayola crayon color. So awesome. But before we get into that, huge announcement as well. Today, we are live. Our eight-part video series that you're going to binge watch the crap out of. Our BizFlix series, The Rise of the Digital CEO, is live now. We just released all eight episodes for you guys. You can head on over to businessbydesign.net. Even if you're an existing Business by Design member, even if you saw last year's series, you got to take the time to go through this. It's going to blow your freaking mind. Yes, I know it's going to be the most like well-produced, amazing, action-packed video series you've ever seen. That's awesome. But even more importantly, I took the best content of the five things that I see all successful online business owners have. You see, we all know that there's a lot of people doing the, the, all the things, I got the webinar, I got the challenge, I'm doing the ads, I'm doing this, and it's not working. And that's what this series is designed to do, is take a really good hard look at why there's this small amount of entrepreneurs that seem to be doing everything that you're doing, and they probably don't even know as much as you know. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. And they're wildly successful. They seem to be the ones that attract the, the followings and sell the products, the courses. So if you're somebody that has an online course, wants an online course, digital product of any kind, membership, group coaching, this is the series for you. This is what I started on in my journey 12 years ago. I love teaching. I love coaching. I love helping people. And if you want to get paid to do that, if you want to be the authority, you want to monetize your expertise, this is the series to show you exactly how to do that. You see most free trainings and webinars and stuff that you are watching, if you haven't noticed, they talk about one thing. They talk about the one thing. And the fact is, is that if you're not taking a holistic approach to business, in other words, if you're not looking at all the things that your business needs 
and thinking there's only one that you need, which there's not, then you're going to be missing something. In this series, in the attempt to make it as simple and elegant as possible, I've identified the five ingredients that every successful business owner needs. These are short and sweet, content-heavy, mind-blowing, business-transforming episodes that you're going to love. Businessbydesign.net. Put it on your to-do list for today, for tonight. Grab some popcorn, someone you love. Cuddle up on the couch and watch this training or at the office, you know, it's work time, right? But it's not going to be out for very long. We take down this series in like a week, okay? Because if we don't, people won't watch them. So businessbydesign.net, sign up for your free BizFlix account and get binging. Okay, let's get into today's episode with my dear, dear friend, Patty Palmer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with my special guest today, Patty Palmer. Patty. <laughs> Hi, James. This is a long time coming. You know, it is. I've been listening to you. I've been listening to every single one of your podcasts for the past three years and thrilled to be here today. So thank you. I told you, I don't know if you remember this. I told you a couple of years ago when you were at my office in, in Laguna, I said, if I could, uh-huh. if I could bottle that essence of who you are and sell that I could make every person on the planet a successful entrepreneur because (laughs) you've just, you've just always embodied something that I always, I'm very grateful for. It's like one of those, we like, wow, I am the luckiest person that this, I have such a great client that, that is just so coachable, such a, such an ideal client, but it's also the same type of things you've embodied that, and hopefully we'll get into today that, that I believe really attribute to all the success that you've had. My hope is that our listeners will get a sense of that, like, like who you really are and, and how you really show up and how you see your business and how you see everything that you've accomplished and created. So it's great to have you here. It's, it's absolutely a pleasure. Well, thank you so much, James. And you have said that to me before, and it makes me, I'm happy to hear that because everything I do, it stems from my customers and mm-hmm. people who follow me, whether they're in my membership or not, everything I do is for them because what they do is my favorite thing in the world. And it brings me the most joy. So I get to do this. I get to run this business. I get to go deeper and deeper and deeper into serving them. And it, it really is like the biggest pleasure of my life. Not yeah. the easiest thing mm. always, but it has been the biggest pleasure. Yeah. Well, before we go any further, let's uh, let's get specific. And, and what is it? What is it that you do so that we know what gives you so much pleasure? Yeah, I am a former art teacher. And right now I help our teachers by providing art curriculums and resources and most importantly, support through our Sparkler community and our website, Deep Space Sparkle. Yeah. And so yeah. I got to tell this story. <laughs> so how Patty and I got connected was four years ago, uh, December of, I think, 2014, 2015? 15. Uh, 15. I put out an email saying I'm starting a mastermind. And there was a link to an application. And the first application I got back, it said, Patty Palmer, website, Deep Space Sparkle. And I'll, I'll just never forget that. I was like, what is Deep Space Sparkle? And who is Patty Palmer? Sure enough, you joined. You were accepted and, and you joined. At the time, you had just retired nine months 
prior? Yeah. Yeah, I had recently retired from teaching with the expectation that, well, what I told people, and this is the external story I told people, I was approached to write a book on teaching art to children. And so I loved my job. I loved being with the kids. I loved teaching. But I had this thriving business in the background that I really didn't talk to anyone about. And the way I approached quitting or resigning from this wonderful job was that, oh, I, I was approached to write a book. I can't possibly write a book and teach at the same time. I knew I could, <laughs> but in my mind, it was the business that I was the most excited about mm. developing. So I quit under the pretense of writing a book, which I did. And I wrote it and it was, it was kind of an easy thing for me because that's all I I've done. So it was something that I knew yeah. and it's since been published, but it was really how can I scale and grow this business? That was really the question that I was most curious about. Yeah, I'll never forget our uh, first time meeting in person was in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you had over 120 products for sale on your website. And the average price was like under 20 bucks. Is that accurate? Yeah, except the average price, I would say, was $5. $5. Yeah. So what I did, and I think a lot of our listeners will relate to this, I wasn't doing anything that was unique at the time. I was a teacher who was selling lessons through a blog or on Teachers Pay Teachers, and it, I had a huge response. I, I had you know, over 120 lessons for sure. I had two small e-courses and I was, I was doing a great business. It was a really, it was a successful thing in my mind mm -hmm. by any standards and all organic, all organically just yeah. through the blog. And that's when blogs were really quite big. And I, I suppose if you can relate it today, it would be through someone who has a large Instagram following. I had a large blog following and so I would teach during the day and I'd come home at night and, and package up a new lesson to share with teachers, put it on my blog and just see who would buy it. But a lot of people did buy it. Yeah. 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 So it was just one of those fun experiences. It was based on curiosity. And that whole period of time when I did that from 2009 to 2015, you know, I was an art teacher who started a blog called Deep Space Sparkle and I sold lessons and there weren't very many art teachers who were doing that at the time. And that whole process, that whole period, it was lengthy, but it was exploration really without any kind of expectation mm. that I would put things out there, super curious about what resonated with people. How did this whole thing work? Like the more products I had, the more sales I had, obviously, but the more repeat business I'd get. And I would just, I started to develop this very loyal clientele and the brand grew and grew and grew until you know, 2015, when I decided to stop teaching, stop, you know, taking what I was doing in the classroom and, and literally overnight transforming that into something that people could experience themselves through some download product, even a video. Yeah. To then saying, okay, I have something here. What is it that I have? Can it scale? What does scaling mean? And what is internet marketing? Is and what is paid advertising? Does that mean that I'm paying for a subscription for MailChimp? Is that paid advertising because <laughs> I'm paying for the service? Um, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I knew I didn't know things and I was curious. And so when you put that, that email out, it was really interesting to me because I had started to listen to podcasts mm. and they were talking this name, this word mastermind kept on dropping in different podcasts that I was listening to. 
And I would kind of fast forward the part where they would talk about a mastermind because I didn't think it applied to me, but it was in my subconscious. And then when you sent out your email saying, I'm starting a mastermind, I had known you only from downloading a free video tutorial because I was doing videos in my home office. And I said, huh, there's that word again, mastermind. I'm going to go to this webinar and I'm not going to lie to you. I really didn't even know how to join the webinar. I was just trusting and clicking a link and hoping that my computer was set up and that I would do the right thing. And I actually thought that I was so nervous because I thought that I was hap- I would like, be shown on the right. webinar and I just wanted to be invisible. Yeah. And like, I just didn't know anything about that. Yeah. But you said one word to in that whole presentation, a lot of it went by kind of, I wasn't really sure what you were saying, but you said, I'm going to show you what's possible. Mm. And I said, then he's my guy. Wow. Cause I want to know what's possible. Oh, that gave me, that gave me chills. It's like remembering that. And on that very first hot seat, I threw out something to you, uh, in, in San Francisco that I was like, this might be like, very controversial in terms of like her plans for where she sees herself Mm -hmm. and you just you just like totally received it like so open and it's just like took this whole trajectory of where you are today to a whole nother level yeah joining uh the mastermind was a no-brainer i joined right away uh or i applied i should Mm -hmm. say i applied and paid my down my deposit and it was at Christmas time and I just yeah. I didn't think about it again I, th- I feel like it was boxing day oh the day after Christmas I think yeah and I just uh, I sent away my money or sent you my money and and then just just let it go but then I was accepted and I said this is really exciting mm-hmm. it was more money than I ever thought I would spend for anything but I didn't flicker about it because yeah. I knew you would show me what was possible so that first so a lot of responsibility there, I'm sure. But that first hot seat in San Francisco, I remember that day because it was the best day of my business life. Hmm. It just was the best day. And it wasn't about what you said. It was being in a group. I had an instant family of people who wanted to talk about their businesses. And I had never done that before. I had never talked to any. No one even knew what I did. <laughs> My parents couldn't tell you what I did. So I had an instant family of people who just, we were just connected immediately. And I sat on that hot seat. I was nervous. I just was so excited. And you said, I have an idea. (laughs) You know, you should consider a membership site. And quite frankly, I wasn't sure how it would apply to my business. It really did take some processing. But I had heard Stu McLaren talk about membership site on another membership. And so I had watched his videos and I listened carefully, intently to everything he said. And I came away from it thinking, but that doesn't apply to me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. apply to my business. But it wasn't until the context of sitting down with you and showing and kind of going through that process in my mind of what do I want for my business? What am I asking? Why am I here in this mastermind? What are my intentions? And I remember thinking, you said the word membership and I, and I, everything that Stu had said in this video that I had watched maybe four months earlier came flooding back and go, and I said, okay, now I can see I'm starting to connect the dots. Wow. And as soon as those dots connect for you, the very instant that your instincts are lit up, then you got to give yourself the, the green light. Absolutely. And you, you, def- you definitely go. did. 
Yeah. Well, I remember you said something like you'd shared, like we found, we've looked at our numbers and you know, we sell products between like five and $10 and the average person is buying like, you know, one to two things. I think you said either the, the average checkout value or lifetime customer value was like 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, it was. And I was like, well, why don't you just do a $25 a month membership and make things a heck of a lot easier. <laughs> and, and you did. Yeah. And looking at the membership from that point of view, it took, I'm not going to lie, it took me, mm-hmm. I would say a whole year before I, I truly understood the metrics, the math, like the the psychological benefit of someone joining a membership. It took me getting into it. So here's the thing. You don't have to understand everything before you embark in something. It just has to, for me, I knew it was the right move for my customer. I knew Mm -hmm. that they would love it. And all of the things that I didn't know about the membership, I didn't quite understand about the average customer lifetime value and how it could benefit. And and even if they join for a couple of months, it'd still be a higher revenue stream for me than just having them buy one-off products. That, it might seem really simple for a lot of people, but that kind of uh, looking at it from that kind of point of view was new for me. I had never had to do that before. Yeah. But you stayed open and that really kind of yeah. comes back and there's already been some indicators in what you've shared already about this, like this essence that I, I really wish people would learn. And you said something that I just loved was this essence of curiosity that you've had in your business. And you use the words exploration without expectation. And I mm-hmm. just love that because I'm sure our listeners are getting a sense of like, okay, you're not a techie. You didn't come in with all this knowledge and all this information, but you just, you're the type of person that just doesn't seem to freak out and then just get overwhelmed and throw in the towel. You just kind of approach it with an open heart and an open mind. And I'm wondering if you can just like speak a little bit more to that and what, you know, what that experience is like for you. I really think it comes down to knowing your customer knowing who you serve, however small, however big, whatever's in between, it doesn't matter to me. I was my customer. I understood what her needs were. Mm. So nothing seems scary if you know who you're serving, if you know what they need. And for me, I knew what they needed. And I was also very confident in my ability to deliver it. So when you're confident in those two things, then learning how to do more of that, there's no need to feel scared of any opportunity. These are opportunities that are fun to experience. So that's how I look at business because I, everything I do, I just have the most wonderful community. In fact, you know, sometimes growing a business and we'll get to this, I'm sure it can be a little overwhelming at times. And there's certainly points in your business where you think, am I doing this right? And You know, chances are you might not be, but there's always ways to pivot and to change it around and nothing's permanent. You know, nothing is. Mm -hmm. You can always be flexible. I almost forget what I was going to say. (laughs) It it always comes, comes back. But I think that for me, every time I feel like that, I start my day with interacting with my, with my audience, interacting with my customers. I go on in the community maybe like when I'm having my coffee and I see what they're posting 
and I see the art that their children are creating and I see how excited they are that they accomplished something new and I'll go in and chat with them and respond. It's my favorite place to be. So connecting with my customers will always kind of center me and show me that these are the people that I love the most because they're doing the thing that I love the most, which I said at the very beginning is doing art with kids. Yeah. So it's so yeah. simple. And yeah, it can be so powerful. I love that. Okay. Taking us from that moment of this idea of like, Hey, you should just scrap. Cause that's basically what I told you, right? It was like, Hey, scrap all 120 some odd products, get rid of them and just have one, a membership. That's yeah. a pretty like radical idea to propose to somebody and open heart, open mind. You totally did that. So a lot's changed in four years. And I'm wondering if we could speak to that a little bit, like where are you today as opposed to where you were four years ago? Mm -hmm. Today, I'm the CEO of a growing multi seven figure business with massive plans to expand my business into other areas, physical products, subscription boxes, maybe even a physical location. I have lots of ideas and it's my job now as a CEO to look for new new growth opportunities, to look for new ways I can take the brand Deep Space Sparkle into the masses and, and help parents at home. So my, that's my job now. Yeah. Sorry, it's just a, such a difference in, in only four years. Such a radical growth in, in such a short amount of time. Like, are, do you feel like you're still catching up with it at times? Does this feel surreal? Is this like unbelievable or right on schedule, right on time? Well, I never really set the right on schedule, right on time expectation mm -hmm. at the beginning. So I can't even speak to that. Everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Yeah. And I think one of my key, I think I've been successful because I feel like I'm patient. And mm -hmm. if I look back at everything that I've done, there doesn't seem to be any metric of patience. Everything was done very quickly in hindsight. But when you're in the moment, I'm patient for the result. I'm patient to do things slowly, the way that's intuitively right for me. And so I think I've been very patient in my approach to business, but looking back, I've accomplished a lot. You have, so and, it's, and it's this, is, this is what I'm talking about, guys, that this is this essence that Patty embodies, and so I just really, really want to acknowledge it and point it out, is I'd actually written down in my pre-show notes, like, you're just not somebody that freaks out. And you said it yourself, like there's a sense of patience. There's a sense of like inner peace and also a, a really big like sense of, of humbleness that comes with it. And I think these things are, I wouldn't say they're imperative, but why not make them imperative in your life? Like why go through unnecessary suffering and frustration and impatience when this just seems so much of a more pleasant oh, I way? I wish I could help people with that because I think to be a business owner, you have to find the joy in what you do. And there has to be a level of it that truly does bring you happiness. And if you just say to yourself, I get to do this because it makes me happy. It allows me to grow as a person. It allows me to, to stimulate my mind and to figure out problems and challenges. And it allows me to, to push beyond my comfort zones and to do things that I never thought was possible. Listen, I, I'm a 50 plus year old woman. I spent you know, a good portion of my life raising my children, doing volunteer activities at the school. I, I taught art in a classroom with not making very much money. And I was happy the entire mm -hmm. time doing it because I got to do it. And now I get to do this and I'm going to enjoy this too. And will it last forever? It'll last for as long as I'm happy with it. Mm, I love that. And you said... 
that, you know, you've grown, you've definitely grown as a person. As your business has grown, it's a prerequisite that you grew as a person. And so all this growth in the business in four years, I'd love to kind of unpack a little bit the milestones, the lessons, the letting go and the evolving that you've had to do over the years to get to where you are. Okay, so <laughs> this is so fun to, to really to talk about this. Starting a membership is really a great business model because here's the thing. It is a growing, thriving, it is not static. It is constantly changing. And that means that you can constantly change with it. There's never any definitives. You can make changes as you go on one condition. You bring along your members with you that they are in this with you, you're provide, and that you constantly think of them every time you, you, you're up against, should I do this or should I do that? The tiebreaker in every single case is what's best for my members. Mm, so good. And it, yeah. And if I'm not sure what's best, well, guess what? I'm going to go ask them. <laughs> well, 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 that sounds really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you just kind of get out there. So for me, starting something big when I don't have a... I'm a creative person. And so learning how to get things done and, and set up a task and to complete that task is, I have my own way of doing things. You know, other people would have, would be maybe more efficient at it. But there's one thing I've always done is I make a deadline. You told me to start a membership. I'm like, okay, June is, uh, you, you told me that in February first or the end of January. And I said, by June, I will have taken all of my products and turned them into this membership site. So I set a deadline, mm -hmm. but the second important thing is you really do need to stick to that deadline, but you can be flexible as you go with the plan. It can look a little bit different at the finishing line than it did with when you start it. So your expectations when you start might have, it might look a certain way, but when, where you finish, it might look a little bit differently. Start it anyways, enroll people anyways. And, and, you know, you gave me the best advice ever because in our main mastermind, you're like, well, how's everything going? And I said, well, I'm in the process of converting everything. And now I'm kind of trying to figure out how do I do a four part video series? I'm trying to figure out how to do a first, my first webinar. I'm trying to figure out the email series. And you said, well, what's your goal? And I said, well, I really want to have this done, the membership in place by June, but I want to start focusing on the marketing so I can do a launch in August, my first launch. And he goes, you know, I think you sensed that there was a lot going on. And you said to me, he goes, you know, Patty, let's break this, uh, you know, lofty goal up into some baby steps. Why don't you just do an internal launch? Just send out a couple of emails and do one or two webinars to your customers, your, only your customers in June and see how it goes. Kind of get your feet wet. Take, you know, do your first webinar and send out your first, you know, email sequence. See how it goes. Then you can you know, adjust it. And so I did, I, and I, as soon as you said it, I felt a sense of calm. Mm. Like, oh, you can set your deadline. You can make your plan, but you can adjust it. And so uh, with your help, I was able to adjust it. And we did a fantastic enrollment to our customers. It was really fun for me to just share with them what I had created for them. We had 900 people, members sign up. And then wow. six weeks later, 
we did it again. This time I, I did a public enrollment. I cut out the video series because I really just didn't even know what that was. Yep. And just did a webinar. I loved webinars. And we enrolled 950 more people. Holy cow. <laughs> and then by January, we did it again. Just rinse and repeat. I learned that from you and just stuck to what I stuck to the templates. I stuck to, I didn't invent anything new in terms of marketing. I didn't do any new webinars. I stuck to the, the scripts that, you know, you were able to provide me like of, this is what you do in a webinar and just fill in the blanks. That's all I did. I didn't invent anything new. Yeah. I just had a great product. Yeah. And I had my love of my members in mind. Like, this is what I'm creating for you. So in January, we enrolled another, you know, 900 people. So it really was a successful membership. And of course, in between all that, my husband, Neil, he resigned as a computer engineer to come work for me because he mm -hmm. saw that first enrollment. He says, OK, I think I, I think she needs some help. <laughs> yeah. This is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so awesome. But I, I suppose I'm I'm getting a little bit sidetracked. Nope. So that beginning stages of the membership site really were exciting, and I knew that they would be successful. I had no doubt in my mind that they would be successful, but I had lots of doubts in my ability to execute a perfect marketing plan. And the truth is, it's not necessary. Mm. It's not necessary to execute a perfect marketing plan, and it still isn't to this day. Do I make mistakes? Yes, all the time. Do I do everything that I possibly could to capture every bit of my market? No, I don't. But I have a great product. I'm enthusiastic and I love my members. And I'm going to plug away and be patient and do the best I can with what I'm given and what's appropriate for me at the time. So now I'm doing something new for this enrollment. We've, we've jumped in and took a big risk and in creating videos for this amazing curriculum that we're doing. Do I know it's going to move the needle? Not really. But the worst case scenario is that there's a lot of kids out there who are going to get some really good art lessons and I get to teach them. So it's just such a great approach. Again, it's the way to look at it, right? Is you're taking a little bit more risk each time. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're gaining more confidence in your ability to execute on creative marketing campaigns and stuff, but there's no attachment or fear of, Hey, it may not be a home run, but worst case scenario, it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. And that's why you're yeah, there's, anyways. Yeah. There's one thing about this whole marketing thing. It's everything is new for us still. And we're always amazed at how many smart people are out there in the world who can teach you marketing things like mm -hmm. you. And you just have to be in that area of learning from other people and you can execute it too. Your business by design class. I mean, I, I remember when you first put that out, it was like my cookbook. I called it my cookbook, my <laughs> recipe book. Yeah. Because anytime I needed to learn how to do a webinar or learn how to do a PowerPoint or do, you know, do a lead box and I went there and I learned how to do it. So now what has changed is that I don't go into business by design anymore because I don't need to, mm -hmm. but my, I send my team in, in there. And that is the greatest out. thing ever when I hear yeah. that is they, Oh no, I don't use your program. My team does. Mm -hmm. Jilly, who, you know, obviously our, our integrator, she just had a story on, on her Instagram account the other day. And it was her saying uh, BBD inception. Cause she says, I'm literally going into business by design, looking at the launch plan as I put together our project board for a launch. And I was like, Yes, that's amazing. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I, I wonder if that's the answer to my next question, which is what does that really look like to transition from the 
the entrepreneur with an idea and the owner of a membership to how you look at yourself today, which is the CEO. What, what is that transition? It's a, it's a more difficult transition than I expected. Mm. Because I've always felt a lot of confidence in whatever I set my mind to that I'll do it. And so when I said I'm going to be a CEO and not I'm not going to work in the company uh, or do all of the, the details, that's easier said than done. Yeah. Because you the default when you work for yourself for so long and you've done things yourself for so long, you create a habit. And that habit is hard to break. And I, I still find myself defaulting to taking on too much. So a perfect example is I talked about this video series that we're doing. I just recently filmed 140 videos of me teaching art lessons to children to be included in our membership for a special curriculum. Now, there's a big team on this, and I'm proud of it. We have a lot of project management boards all set up. We use Monday, and we have every single video has like a, you know, a massive amount of, of work involved like the everything from getting the images and the covers to you know everything all the way down into the loading it on Amazon and getting it transcoded or whatever the word is I'm I'm in charge of none of that the only thing I'm in charge of is filming right that's or all being uh, on cam- uh, being on camera being on camera yeah. yes being the talent yeah and I didn't even come up with the lessons no way no uh, my creative team does okay that's amazing so that's amazing, right? Yeah. So all of these things, yes, I, I've been able to let go and, and train my team to think like me, to create a standard, a sparkly standard of excellence, as we call it, for all of our lessons. But I'm the talent and I'm doing these things and I have 140 videos to do. So I take it upon myself to make all of these lists, you know, in my like a day planner, like writing things down and checking things off and, and doing all these things that make me feel successful and on task. But Neil pointed out, I would walk into the the area where my team's working and I'd show them my list and I'd say, okay, I did these and now which ones are you going to do? The editing's ready for this and that. And Neil came up to me and goes, you know, we got to (laughs) talk. He he goes, we just set up this elaborate digital Mm. project management system and you are jeopardizing it yep. by writing things down on paper. And he goes, you're awesome at getting things done when it's just you being responsible for it. Yeah. But we have to train our team to use processes as a team. Yeah. And that concept was so lost on me. I just didn't understand that. I go, well, Neil, I'm the one that has to film the, the videos I don't understand this whole team thing. I'm just the only one responsible for why can't I do it the way I want it? He goes, because everyone is affected by what you do and you are showing them by not doing it. Do you guys, do you guys follow, do you follow me? Well, I know know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So he had to sit me down and say, Patty, you have to use the same system that everyone else is using Mm -hmm. and you have to communicate through the same system that everyone else is communicating in order for us to communicate as a team through these processes, because the bigger we grow as a company, the more people are coming in that you'll have no contact with. And these processes have to be in place and our communication needs to be through these processes. Did you create this system in particular? Well, not me. No. Okay. (laughs) So someone else created it. Yes. My project manager and Neil um, created the system and all of the the checkpoints along the way. Yeah. And I'm responsible for some parts, but I'm not responsible for them all. Right. 
And so basically what you were doing, which I've been guilty of this, is you uh, broke the system. I did. We come in and do that as entrepreneurs. We break it because we're like, well, there's a better way. I'll find mm-hmm. a better way. Or here, this is my way or this is how I do it. And we break the system. Uh, yeah. And those arguments I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. And I felt very righteous saying that. But this one, I actually was fascinated. Mm. I said, Neil, I get that. I actually get it. Yeah. I see where I went wrong and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that again. Wow. That was a real eye opener for me because I, it was, there was such freedom in understanding that the team was working so efficiently with all of these metrics and they had their scoreboards and, and their percentage of how quickly see, I was messing up with the percentage of how much was done because I wasn't entering my percentage and, and they weren't, getting the whole picture. I understood it finally. Yeah. That is an evolution of a CEO. That's from going from the founder who does everything to someone who needs the team to see how it's all connected and that you can't be messing up the team. <laughs> and that, that takes have. a tremendous amount of courage because you have to let go of so much control. So yeah. much needing <laughs> to be in all the things meddling it's not easy until, until you experience the results from that, until you experience somebody on your team stepping up because they know that you trust them. Well, I love that letting go of control. I think when people say that, you, you assume you know what that means. <laughs> right. I don't think I really understood what letting go of control. Like You have this idea of, okay, I'm totally okay with everyone else doing the work. Yeah, I know you are. We get that. We hire people. We want them to do the work. But what goes beyond that is it's trusting your team members to do a job based on a metric that you have assigned, based on the level of quality that you've assigned, that you have led, that you have created and placed as the benchmark. Then you have to step aside. And that is the hardest thing in the world to do because the default that I've talked about, that default habit of yours always comes back in. Mm-hmm. It will always come in and jeopardize anything that the team sets up. And it took me until really recently, I would say within the last month or two, to understand that my lack or my resistance to structures surrounding performance was having such a negative effect on my team. Mm. Because in my mind, I don't want to structure around my performance right. because as a founder. Right. So why would I want to develop a culture that people were expected to do things? <laughs> and I tell you, I was so wrong. I saw things starting to unravel because of, of my limiting beliefs of not personally wanting to be within structures. You were treating them how you would want to be treated. Yeah. Yeah. And your team you're an entrepreneur they're not right i'm speaking to our listeners right and are you treating them like an entrepreneur in your business i think that in the most simplistic way i think that's one of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs struggle for so long when it comes to team building and the structures like the very thing that we don't want is structure we, we want that freedom It's all about that freedom. So we think we just, Hey, you're going to, you're going to show up the same way I show up. You're going to care as much as I do. You're going to, you're going to do all these things and you're, you don't want rules. You, you want the freedom. That's not, that's not what a 
a great employee or team member wants. Well, and James, you mentioned that on so many occasions. I know. I know. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I get that. I get that. Yeah. But you don't get it. Right. You really have to take personal responsibility yeah. for your, your actions. Yeah. And really be open to criticism from people who are the closest to you. In my case, Neil, yeah. of you, you have to take responsibility for this. You have to do things differently. You're the CEO. They don't think like you do. And I tell you, it's a big shift. It can be done. And here's the thing. Hmm. Try not to be discouraged with it because it's moving you outside a comfort zone. The comfort zone is sticky. It's uncomfortable. It's discouraging. But here's the thing. On the other side of all that is such massive success and joy. Completely. And it's happened every single time I felt this way. Yes. On the other side of this discomfort is an incredibly awakening experience. Mm. So true. So true. I love this. So as you look back, any other like milestones or lessons or evolutions or iterations like Patty 5.0 or whatever that is worth noting for you? I, I really feel like I've covered everything. My biggest thing is don't get caught up in the small details. It's not your marketing strategy or your tactics. They really help. You have to understand the big picture and you have to understand the intentions of what it's meant to do. But you can be flexible and you don't have to be super successful 100% of the time. And when things don't work out, it's not a big deal. Just keep on mm. do, do something different. Yep. Just keep on trucking. Yes. Amen to that. I know you mentioned it a little bit already, but I definitely want you to mention it again because I think you are just such a visionary. You have such a big long-term vision for the work that you're doing. Can you share a little bit more, speak a little bit more to what's next for your brand and for Deep Space Sparkle? Well, this is coming down to some patience too, because I do have a lot of exciting things happening, not just for my members, in the Sparklers membership. And this is where I'm putting all, all of my efforts into my membership and serving my customers really, really well and providing these members with the best possible resources for teaching art. And Deep Space Sparkle, it's becoming known throughout the world as this leading resource for art teachers and not just the resources, but the community. Mm. So do I want to build on that? Heck yes. I feel like I could get 20,000 members. I feel like I can get 30,000 members around the world easily. Wow. And it's just a patience and, and, yes. and developing the infrastructure that can support the members. And that is the most, the primary thing for me is to support the members in the best possible way to never lower the standards. Yeah. But, you know, I have a process or a, a uh, second business right now where I'm looking into creating physical products, art supplies based on a new brand that I'm leading. And that's the most exciting thing to get. And this is for parents at home. My dream is that a parent at home, they all know that art's important. You know, they may not, they may or may not have it in school. Grandmothers know that art's important and grandfathers and babysitters. I mean, everyone wants to do art with kids. There's no better time to do it than when they're between the ages of five and 12. That's when it's like at the most. But I want to make it easier for them to do that mm. and to have these beautiful boxes of art supplies and a tutorial, video tutorial from Team Sparkle that they get to do this at home effortlessly with everything that they need in front of them. And I can see this translating into workshops and big family events all over the world where 
parents come with their kids and and create art together and do all sorts of different things. I think the vision is huge because the possibilities are there. And that's what you taught me, James, that uh, everything's possible. I just like oh, it's so amazing, especially because like you never told me I never knew that what rang true for you or what resonated with you on that first webinar was I'm me saying randomly saying something I'm going to show you what's possible mm-hmm. and then here you are like seen like I didn't show you that you saw you created this vision like I no one came to you and said hey you should do physical products you should do this like you saw that mm-hmm. you see that and that's why it will become a reality I would I love to leave people with one thing mm. sometimes all you need as a creative, as an entrepreneur, is to someone to give you the permission to dream big. Mm -hmm. Just dream big, give yourself the permission. Don't set a timeline, expectations, just keep it there. And I think that's what you've done for me is you show me what's possible on day one, you keep on showing me what's possible and it just gives me permission to dream big. And by golly, you know, things just happen when They'll just happen. I have no doubt. Yeah. Because <laughs> they have. Because they, they have so far and they, they will continue. Oh, I just love it. I love it. So we're going to bottle some essence of Patty Palmer. So every entrepreneur on the planet can also have this same way of being because <laughs> I love it. Ser- I mean, seriously, just so like there's no doubt. There's no worry. I'm patient and I'm certain and I, have a, and I dream big. I love it. So, Patty, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time, for being here, for sharing your story, your lessons, your growth, for even acknowledging me for, you know, a a little credit, which I didn't expect or ask for. I really appreciate it. It is an honor to have had the opportunity to work with you for the last couple of years. It's so enjoyable to see your growth and all the work you're doing. So, yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, gosh, James, the pleasure is all mine. It's been such a a wonderful experience working with you. You've been a gift to Mm -hmm. my life and to many people that I work with and everyone. So it's it's Mm -hmm. been you and... Yeah, no, no, good things to come. Thank you. (laughs) Many good things to come. Thank you. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in, for staying to the end and listening to Patty's story to connect with Patty. Best place. Well, wherever you can find Deep Space Sparkle, I'm there. Yeah. On Instagram, website, deepspacesparkle.com as well, right? Mm -hmm. And Facebook. And Facebook. We'll link all that up in the show notes. Patty's extraordinary, especially if you're an art teacher. You now know where to go to get your lesson plans. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you all here on the next episode of the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. 12 years ago, I made my very first sale on the internet for an e-course on how to bartend. And from that moment, I was hooked. And after building a seven-figure-a-year online business, teaching my passion for YouTube and video, well, I began helping others do the same. From those just starting out, looking to figure out what their first digital product is, to those who have scaled to seven figures and beyond, I've developed a simple and proven system that requires just five ingredients, no matter what niche you're in. And I want you to get your hands on this complete system absolutely free. 
when you register for my free workshop starting July 29th, The Rise of the Digital CEO, you'll get instant access to an eight-part training series revealing how today's top leaders and influencers are actually growing their audiences and selling their stuff, while most continue to struggle and never see the results they want. Simply visit businessbydesign.net to get started 